Welcome to the Coming Out of the Dark Bible Study with Pastor John. Tonight's study will be in the book of John. We invite you to join us at 514 Smithfield Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. So I'd like to thank our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Amen. for making this all possible for us, going to the cross, shedding his blood for the forgiveness of our sins, becoming the final sacrifice so we could have a relationship with God. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us and doing for us what we could never, ever do for ourselves. Amen. I'd like to thank the Smithfield Avenue Congregational Church for letting us do our study here at One Body. Many parts. I'd like to thank all the faithful people that serve in this ministry to keep it going and people that support it. I'd like to shout out to the people on the Facebook feed and on the phone lines that help us out. We're grateful to have you with us, one body. If you have a cell phone, please silence it so it doesn't disturb tonight's study. And we'll start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us this awesome opportunity again, Lord to gather together as your family, to worship, honor, and glorify you, Lord, and place your name above all names, Lord, in our own, Father, as you fight for first place in our lives, Lord. Thank you for saving us and opening our eyes and giving us a spiritual life. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, Lord, as a down payment to comfort us, to confront us, and to ultimately teach us, Lord, to live the way you'd want us to live down here, Lord. So we could be a living example of you working in our lives, Lord. Thank you for saving us for that reason, Lord. Thank you for all your generous provisions that you provide to meet our needs each and every day. Thank you for protecting this church family, Lord, from all illnesses and diseases, Lord. We're so grateful for that, Lord, knowing that your mighty hand protects your chosen people, Lord. And thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for all the people that serve here, Lord, and thank you for all the churches you give us, Lord. Let us always go to the Bible for the information we need to learn about you, Lord. And let everything we do tonight be led by your spirit, Lord, not our flesh. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to stand and worship the Lord. The girls are going to come up and sing, and we'll get started. Oh, 
How's everybody doing tonight, all right? Three in a row for some of us, huh? Really feel spiritually strong when I'm three in a row. I think I can do this all, all week, no problem. I need it. I want it. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's good to see everybody come out tonight. All right, let's go to Psalms 34. There's a great scripture here before we get started with our study that Mary put up on the board for us. Psalm 34. I'm going to back up a little bit, of course. Go back to verse 1. <laughs> verse 1. Give our friend a chance to get uh, to that page. It was great for the women and the men to get together last night, wasn't it? Yeah. Fellowship with each other. That's awesome. I'll tell you. All right. Psalm 34. This is a psalm of David regarding the time he pretended to be insane in front of Abimelech who sent him away. And those of us who've read the Bible know that that time came when he was just afraid. So he acted like he was insane. So Abimelech didn't kill him. What kind of threat is this guy to me? The guy's not to get rid of him. <laughs> they did a lot of crazy things. Look, the human heart has not changed, okay? A lot of a lot of things went on in the Bible, right? Even um Abraham said, Tell him you're my sister so they don't come kill me. And you know, and really he was his that was his half sister. Same mother, different fathers. Okay. Verse one. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. That's what we're doing tonight, right? Exalting his name, the name of all names, right? Above all names. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. That's an awesome verse right there. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. Look at verse 6. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. A lot of times, it takes a desperate thing to happen to us before we start praying to the Lord. This is just the way it is, right? It's just, it doesn't have to be that way. And as you grow, it's not, I mean, I praise the Lord. I pray to the Lord all the time now, even when things are going good, because I know seasons, <laughs> I'm going to enjoy this goodness right now and thank Him, because I know Something's coming down, right? It's going to happen. It always levels off and back to the tests again. And the Lord listened. Listen, He listens to us in our desperation. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear Him. So, listen, you're on the... You're a believer in Jesus Christ and you put your faith and trust in Him. He guards you and defends you, all who fear Him. But you have to depend on Him and nothing of this world. If you're dependent on something of this world, you're out of His protection. It's just the way it goes. All who fear Him and trust Him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. All oh, the joys of those who take refuge in Him. Fear the Lord, you his godly people. For those who fear him will have all they need. What do they mean by fear him? They mean all that respect God and understand his ways. They'll have everything you need. I don't know about you, but if, since we've been reading the Old Testament, 
I have a healthy fear of God. Because what he can do, okay? The good Lord giveth and the good Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord, amen? Even the strong lions sometimes go hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Come, my children, and listen to me. And I will teach you to fear the Lord. See, we're reading the Bible, right? It's teaching us to fear Him. Amen? Amen. A healthy fear of the Lord and respect. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Good question. We all do, right? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. You know why it's so important that we don't lie? Because when we lie, we open the door for the enemy, for Satan to come into your heart and take over and possess you. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. So we're saying, all those who do right, we still have what? His ears are open to their cries for help. Because when you're doing right in the unrighteous world, boy, do we have to cry to him for help because we get persecuted for it. Amen? But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. 17. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the broken heart. Is there anybody in here tonight with a broken heart? The, the Lord is close to you tonight. We need to hear this. The Lord is close to the broken hearted. He's not close to the pride. He's not close to prideful people. He's close to the broken hearted that reach for him. Look, he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Look at verse 19. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to their rescue each time. For the Lord, we're going to read this whole thing. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. That was a prophecy fulfilled with Jesus. Because to hasten the death process, they broke their legs. Because it was the day coming of, I don't know if it was the Sabbath, or one of the days were coming where they had to hasten the death. But Jesus died before that had to happen. Okay? Calamity will surely destroy the wicked. And those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Amen? Amen. Listen, all who trust in the Lord, listen. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. You're here tonight? God's a God of chances, second chances, of love and forgiveness. He loves us all unconditionally like we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 13 and read. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and we're going to go there and we're going to read that scripture. How's that sound, family? This is the God who loves you and this is how much he loves you and how he loves you. Verse 4, we read this together, okay? Is everybody there? Okay, four to seven. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Amen? Amen for that, right? That's the love of God. Look, we can walk away from Him, but He doesn't ever walk away from us. He promised He'd never leave us, nor forsake us. Our salvation never depended on our performance, and it never will. Thank God. Jesus did it all. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin had left the crimson stain, 
He washed it white as snow. We're washed in the blood of the Lamb. Amen? Look, He's no longer holding our sins against us. If you're weighed down by sin tonight, be reassured God is not holding that against you. He loves us unconditionally. Amen? His tender mercies begin afresh every day. Because if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be able to go on. Amen? All right. Let's continue in our study of the book of John. Let's go there. John chapter 10. <laughs> okay. We're going to start. Okay. Let's start, let's go back a little bit so we keep the context of this. Verse 27. He calls us his sheep. <laughs> my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. You hear that, believer? No one can snatch them away from it. Listen, God's got us in his hand. Amen. The devil cannot snatch us away from him. Amen. He's going to try, though. Oh, yeah. He's going to try. He's always going to try to get back in on us and hit us with what? Guilt and shame and condemnation. But the Lord says, I love you. You're my children. And I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Right? Look what it says. I give them eternal life and they'll never perish. Look at verse 29. For my Father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. Okay? For anyone else. For he is regarding that which my Father has given me is greater than all. No one can snatch him from the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. This is Jesus proclaiming his deity. Right? I and the Father. Father and I are one. Once again, the people picked up stones to kill him. This is how far and how hard their hearts were. They picked up stones to kill Jesus. Because he was doing good. Jesus said, at my Father's direction, I have done many good works. For which one are you going to stone me? They replied, we're stoning you not for any good work. But for blasphemy, you are a mere man claimed to be God. Jesus replied, It is written in your own scriptures that God said to certain leaders of the people, I say you are gods. That's Psalms 82.6. And you know that the scriptures cannot be altered. So if those people who received God's message were called gods, why do you call it blasphemy when I say I am the Son of God? After all, the Father set me apart and sent me into the world. Don't believe me unless I carry out my Father's work. But if I do His work, believe in the evidence of the miraculous works I have done, even if you don't believe me. Then you will know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. So they're saying, whether you believe me or not, just look at what I did, all the miraculous signs, and then you can believe it from what you've seen. Amen? Once again, they tried to arrest him, but he got away and left them. He went beyond the Jordan River near the place where John was first baptizing and stayed there for a while, and many followed him. John didn't perform miraculous signs, they remarked to one another, but everything he said about this man has come true. And many who were there believed in Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah is right. All right, so let me back up a little. Let me explain this, and we'll go on to um, chapter 11. In, cha in, in chapter 10, verse 31, the Jewish leaders attempted to carry out the directive found in Leviticus 24, 16. Regarding those who blaspheme, claim to be God, they intended to stone Jesus. They were going by the Old Testament law. And in chapter 10, verses 34 to 36, Jesus referred to 
Psalm 82.6, where the Israelite rulers and judges are called gods. Okay? See also Exodus 4.16 and 7.1. If God called the Israelite leaders gods because they were agents of God's revelation and will, how could it be blasphemy for Jesus to call himself the Son of God? Amen? Jesus was rebuking the religious leaders because he is the Son of God in a unique, unparalleled relationship of oneness with the Father. The scriptures cannot be altered is a clear statement of the truth of the Bible. If we accept Christ as Lord, we also must accept his testimony to the Bible as God's word. Amen? How many believe that the Bible is God's word? We all believe that, right? Amen to that, right? It's the living word. At first it's the written word, and as you read it and come alive, it becomes what? The living word as Jesus starts living in his life through you. See, we can't do this in our sin nature. We can do this in the new nature as we learn about him and we start to deny what we used to do and we start to start a new life again. It's sort of like a, it's like a um, born again. Instead of living that way, now we start living this way. But that's a process. We have to start unlearning the way we used to do things and start learning the way that God does things. And that's a process. How many of us struggle with that stuff? How much grace and mercy we need to keep doing that, right? Amen. Okay. So give yourself a break. Look, if you're here tonight, God is happy. <laughs> Amen. We did the right thing. You made the right choice. Think about it. I just made a good choice to come to church on a Wednesday night. Amen. That's a good choice. Hallelujah, right? Now, a lot of us could have been doing a lot of different things tonight, right? But we made a choice to come learn about God and his ways and overcome the things that always get in the way of that. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, right? That's nothing in us. That's all God prompting us to do it. That's awesome. I can just, you know, be a testimony. You know, years ago, on a Wednesday night, church wouldn't be the first place I thought of going. On a Wednesday night. Amen? Amen. <laughs> it's true. Look, we have to be real. That's why we come to church to heal. This wasn't our. This wasn't like. This wasn't our choice. Now all of a sudden we want to come here. What happened? Something happened, right? Yeah, it's called the Holy Spirit came into us. He's given us a new desire Amen. to want to learn about Him and become like Him. Even though we struggle, right? The flesh, the the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. How many of us still struggle to walk Jesus' way? That's why we come here, to learn how to do it His way and not ours. But we all still struggle, right? Because we live in these sinful bodies that war against God's Word. Thank God for his grace and mercy. Amen. Once you understand that, you don't have to fight this anymore. Understanding that God's the one who's going to do the work, not you. <laughs> Thank God. Because when you try to do it, I'm going to try to be good today. I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to like hold the door for people. I'm going to let people pass me on the highway. I'm not going to irritate anybody. And that lasts about five minutes. And the devil comes in and he tells him, he causes something to happen. We can't do it that way. But when we learn his way and do it in the spirit, say, you know what? I want to glorify God today. I'm going to do it for his glory, not mine. Amen. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. All right, John 11. Everybody there? The raising of Lazarus. Verse 1. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. There's a Martha back there, I call Love, so he's running around. Martha, Martha, Martha. <laughs> I'm more like Mary. Yeah, I'm just going to sit sit at the feet of Jesus. Let him teach me. Look at verse 2. 
This is the, well, wh- which Mary is that? Oh, I wonder who. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Oh, that Mary. Boy, the Bible pretty pretty clear on it. it teaches us, right? It wasn't that hard to understand. Okay. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. (laughs) Are you going there again? Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. When he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go wake him up. Verse 12, the disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will soon get better. <laughs> they thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. All right, before we go on, I want to explain a little bit about that, okay? All right, in chapter 11, verse 1, the village of Bethany, okay, was located about two miles east of Jerusalem on the road to Jericho, okay? It was near enough to Jerusalem for Jesus and the disciples to be in danger, but far enough away so that not to attract attention prematurely, okay? In verse 3, as their, brothers grew, as their brother grew very sick, Lazarus, Mary and Martha turned to Jesus for help, okay? They believed in his ability to help because they had seen his miracles, okay? We, too, know of Jesus' miracles, both from Scripture and through changed lives we have seen. How many lives have changed in this room because of Jesus? I am a changed man today because of Jesus. Nothing in me. I can't change. I've been trying to change for years. Only Jesus the miracle. Sin is the problem. Jesus is the solution. And the result is a miracle. Amen. I'm a miracle. I stand before you today. Amen? Amen? From the pit to the pastor. That's Jesus. Oh. All Jesus. Amen. He took me out of the pit. He says, I'm going to do something with you now. I'm going to give you something better than you. I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to give you a new life in me. Amen. I'm going to say, thank you, Jesus, because that guy's going to go anyway. There ain't nothing good in him. And I'm, I'm like, wow, he can actually use me for, and he give me a purpose? He can do that for anybody if he can do that for me. Amen? Amen. So don't you worry. Don't you just trust Jesus. He'll change your life. To change your life. Amen, right? And the change when we when we need extraordinary help, listen now, Jesus offers extraordinary resources. We should not hesitate to ask him for assistance. Listen, I don't care how far down you went in sin, there's never too late to ask him for help. Because that's where he meets us at our need, at brokenness. He wants to help restore us. Amen? The restoration process, though, is a little bit different than we think it's going to be, okay? When you go to restore a car, okay, to get it restored completely, you have to start to the chassis and get the chassis stripped all the way down again, right? Sandblasted, and they put it on a rotisserie, clean it all up, and then they start building the car new again. They don't just clean the rust off it and paint it. They start from the chassis. Same with our life. He goes, okay, now i got to start from junk. 
I gotta, I'm going to give you a new foundation. He says, now i got to get rid of all the old ways you used to live. He says, i got to break you a little bit to get that out of you. And I'm going to restore you to the condition that I created you for. But it's going to take some time. Just be patient and trust me. I'm going to get rid of you and start a new life that I promised to give you. Amen? I am going to restore you. But he does what... He does for us what we can't do for ourselves. He doesn't do for us what we can. Like trust Him. And start letting go of the things of the world. And trust in Him to take care of you. Or whatever, whatever's going on with you instead of the world. And then when you do that, He will fix you. And He puts you on a firm foundation and start building you up again. So you can't take the old life into the new. It won't work. It just won't work. But he's slow. He's not harsh on us. He knows that we depend on a lot of that still. And he takes it away slowly. And he says, listen, I'm going to change your direction, your perception. I'm going to let you see how bad the stuff you thought was good is. And I'm going to show you what the result of living that way is going to be. So you're going to see that you don't want that anymore. He's going to show us that. So then you start to turn from it and start to let him build you. Right? As he takes the things that we depended on away from us slowly. The Jebusites, the Hittites, to get us into the promised land. But let me just give you a little warning. You'll never enter the promised land if you're holding on to things from your past or the world. That are still holding on to you. Once you let them go, he, he, he gives you time. But we have to let them go in order to grow. Amen? But he doesn't. Listen, if he can be patient with me. He can be patient with you. Because I'm very stubborn. I, I'm an Italian. I don't, I don't give up things very easily. How about you? Because some of the ways of the, that we use, sometimes we think are working still. He's going to show us that, look, that's really not working. It's holding you back. He says, get in my word. Stop fellowshipping with your brothers and sisters and things are going to start working for you. Again, amen? amen? Just show up and I'll change you. <laughs> it's awesome. Nothing, he's going to do for us what we can't do for ourselves, okay? We should not hesitate to ask him, okay? In verse 4, any trial a believer faces can ultimately bring glory to God because God can bring good out of any bad situation. Thank you, Jesus. In Genesis 50, 20, and Romans 8, 28, remember, God will work it all out for good. For those that love God and are called, when trouble comes, do you grumble, complain, and blame God, or do you see your problems as opportunities to honor Him? You see, once you start learning about Him, you see the problems are opportunities to honor Him. Not only is it, it, it we have to count it to suffer for His name's sake too. There are opportunities to honor him by saying, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to honor God today. I'm not going to honor myself. I can't do that. I'm self-destructing. The only way I'm going to do it is to honor somebody else or not to do it for my brothers and sisters. See, this is what I have to think of. I have to think of the people, God, not me. Because me, I'll, I'll do something wrong because I don't care. Enough. If I did, I wouldn't need a savior. I can't save myself. So if I do it, look, I don't want to do that and hurt my brothers and sisters. I don't want to ruin the testimony of the church. I want to be a good example. So I'm not going to do it. Amen? Amen. That's how it works. I'm not going to satisfy my own sin nature. I'm going to live in my new nature now. Tell me that's not a process. We've got this old nature that wants to jump on us all the time. Devil's The devil's always like, you really think that God saved you? Look what you just thought about. Look what you just did. Yep. You really think you're saved? Yep. Yeah, I do. God told me. All I have to do is believe him. And he's going to save me. And trust in him. Amen. Beat it, Satan. <laughs> Get behind me. You know, like, remember that little devil and the angel? I think it was the Flintstones, Remember? Remember the Flintstones? That was the great gazoo, the little Martian guy. He had a devil and an angel on his shoulder, right? The devil's always picking off the angel, right? Now it's the other way around. The angel's picking the devil off. 
Jesus is stronger than the devil. He who is in you is stronger than he who is in the world. You keep coming here, you're going to get stronger and stronger. And guess what? The devil's going to come off the shoulder, not the angel. He's going to strengthen us with his righteous right hand. Thank you, Jesus, right? He does for us what he can't do for us. He fights the battle. We can't fight the devil. He's too strong. And he knows what we like. That's why it's important to live the way God tells us to live so the devil can't get a foothold in our lives. Obedience is what... Obedience, when the problems come, or what, what? That gets the devil away from you. He can't stand it. He can't stand when you're doing the right thing when the wrong things are happening to you. It's a testimony, an example, saying, wow. Get behind me, Satan, for his written. He who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. Could actually fight the devil with scripture. But if you don't know scripture, you can't fight him. Jesus fought the devil with scripture. We fight the devil with scripture. That's when you say, I have Jesus. Jesus is scripture. Jesus is the word. Jesus loves me unconditionally. I don't have to go do that anymore, he said. Because he loves me enough. To say that I love you too much for you to go that way. I want to save you from yourself. Because it's not the world, it's not the people, it's us. We have the wrong heart. We have a heart that goes for the world and all the things of the world. All the things that make us flesh. Yeah. Jesus says your, your flesh has to get crucified. The problem is with Christianity, people want to keep their flesh alive and play church, and come to church, and lie through their teeth, and say, oh, I'm doing good, and still running with the devil. And that's why you get miserable Christians. And, that, and what does it do? It kills you spiritually. Because when you're living sinful, it kills your spirit. And God can't work in your life that way. You fall out of his protection. So you don't want to do that. You want to say, you know what, I'm going to live for God, because it's a better place, much safer. He says he's going to protect us. He's not going to protect you when you go to serve yourself. Amen, right? Okay. Like I said, any trial a believer faces can ultimately bring glory to God, okay? When trouble comes, do you grumble, complain, and blame God, or do you see your problems as opportunity to honor Him? In verses 5 to 7, Jesus loved His family and often stayed with them. Lazarus, Mary, He loved them. Okay? And stayed with them. He knew their pain, but did not respond immediately. Listen now. This is important. This is a principle here. His delay had a specific purpose. Okay? God's timing, especially his delays, may make us think he is not answering, or he is not answering the way we want. But he will meet all our needs according to his perfect schedule and purpose. Amen? Philippians 4.19 Patiently await his timing. That's the problem. God's timing is different than our timing. We want instant. Because this world is instant, right? Instant coffee, instant food, instant this, instant that. We want instant God. God, I'm praying to you. I'm coming to church. Why am I still having all these problems? Listen. You've been causing problems for 40-something years. You think two days of church is going to fix all that? It doesn't. He says, you're going to start doing things my way, and it will come back to you. You do good things, things will come back. I'm going to live an example of that. I said, you know what, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put this to the test. I'm going to do the right thing, even when I don't want to, and see what the result is. The result is freedom. Freedom from me, my sin nature. And it gets, listen, sin loses its power. The only way you can kill something is to what? Stop it. You can keep, can't keep coming to church day in and day out, doing the wrong thing and expecting it to die. It'll gain more power on you and it'll eventually numb you. And your sin will what? It'll, it'll, it'll ruin your spiritual life. And you lie through your teeth in church and you have no spirit of God in you. You won't sense any conviction when you do wrong. 
Remember so back, uh, um, he was telling Cain after he could, sin seeking to control you. But you must learn how to master it. So don't think it's ever going to... See, here's the problem with Christianity. You think you come to Jesus and all your sinful nature is going to go away. No, he's just going to give you the power to overcome it. It's not going to go away. It's going to come back stronger. But, he, but you have to resist. Submit to God. Resist the devil. What's the problem? People don't resist it. They go back into their sin nature. They come to church. And you know what they do? They're deformed. Because they're not growing. They're miserable and complaining and sad because they're not living God's way and knowing God's way and they're not living that way and it hurts them. God does look, your sins don't hurt God. Your sins hurt you, other people in the church. So whenever you do something that's against God when you're not here, you're not you're hurting your brothers and sisters in the church, and you're hurting the church itself. Just thinking like that makes me not want to do it. I don't want to hurt the people in the church. Because I love them. When you love somebody, you don't want to do anything to hurt them. But if you don't love yourself, you're going to do things to hurt yourself. You have to learn to love yourself like Christ loves us. You cannot give somebody something you don't possess. If you don't have that love in you, Right? For yourself, you can't show that love to others. So you self-destruct. God's Listen, God's always on time. Because I would have never accepted Jesus at any other time than the day he comes into my life. I don't know how it happened. It's like a breeze. My wife sent me a good text today. She said, well, you know, something happened to you. You're different today something happened something I finally a principle started to work in my life something that I've been fighting for a long time I didn't even know I get that from my wife I said whoa it's gonna be good I got a compliment because my wife doesn't pull any punches with me she tells me like it is because I need to know that listen listen if you really love somebody you tell them like it is because you do do not let them continue in sin thinking it's gonna be okay let them know that it's going to kill you if you don't tell them and warn them. Christianity is so, oh, I don't want to hurt their fears. So let, let them jump off the cliff then. If you love someone, you'll tell them, look, that's wrong what you're doing. You're destroying yourself. You're hurting people. You're hurting not just yourself. You're hurting us. You're hurting the church and you're hurting God's feet. You're hurting the spirit. It's up to us to let my wife, when she comes, I said, wow, thank you. I didn't see it. She did. See, I can't see the changes. God, people see them. People see them. You know, I was like, wow, that's awesome. It was nothing I did. It was just something following what the Bible says. Praise the Lord. I can't do that. Believe me, I'm a scoundrel like Jacob. All right. Let's, let's go on to some more scripture. How's that? Where, where did we end off on? Verse um, 11 or 10? Where were we? 14. We're in 14. All right. 14, huh? All right. Let me get this over. I don't know what happened. Okay. Verse 14. So we told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. Why would he say that? For now you will really believe. Why? Come, let's go see him. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Greek Thomas, who was called Dit Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, let's go to and die with Jesus. That's what he said, because they had to go back into that place where they wanted to kill Jesus. Now look what it says. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. After four days of, of being dead, you're not smelling that good anymore. You're starting to decompose. And the reason why he let him go for four days, because there was no doubt in anybody's mind, 
that that man was dead. Okay? He wouldn't create any doubt. That's why he did it like this. Now listen. Bethany was only a few miles away, okay? Down the road from Jerusalem. And many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. They figured he would have healed him. Right? But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you asked. Why, they still trusted him. Boy, that's some strong faith right there, right? Yes, Jesus told her. Your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. They figured later on, right? Jesus told her, I am, there it is, the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me or who lives by my word and believes in me will never Ever die. I like that. Never ever. See that? When somebody, when he says everyone who lives in me, well, anybody by lives by my ways. That's what he means. By my principles. Right? And believes in me will never die. So two things. You have to believe in him and live by his ways. Right? And you will never ever die. I like that. Not only will you, you won't die spiritually here, but you'll never die You'll have eternal life. So you'll never sense, listen, when you live God's way, you'll never sense spiritual death. Amen. That's what he's saying. You'll never, ever die. I like that. Never, ever. I'll never, ever, ever do it again. Remember that? Like the handcuffs. I promise I'll never, never, ever, ever, ever do it again. Just let me go. I promise I'll never, ever, ever, ever do it again. And they take them off, right? Next thing you know, you're making a call to do it again. Here we go, right? some reason, we get put on the spot. Never, ever, ever. I promise I'll never do it again. Not only do we do that with the world, but we do that with Jesus too. Right? We get on our knees and tell the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm never going to do that again. And Don't ever do that. Because as soon as you say never, you go and do it. When you say, I never means you're lying already because you can't not not do it that's why you need a savior when we come to the point of brokenness we need to go to him and say lord i can never ever ever do this only i can do it through you who strengthened me lord please and then the power comes there is no power in self-help no there is none have you tried? You always say it, right? You, you, you mess up and you say, I'm not going to do that anymore. As soon as you say that, go and do it again. Uh, I'm, listen, I can't help myself. If I could, I wouldn't need him. So I'm not going to help myself any other way. But anything I do now, I just glorify God. Because I already know I failed. Any victory comes through Christ. Amen? Now look what he says. Yes, Lord, she told him. I've always be- listen to what he says. I am the anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Boy, she got it right, didn't she? Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners. And told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord. If only you had been here, my brother would not have died again, right? Mary, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, 
a deep anger welled up within him, or he was angry in his spirit, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him, he asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. So Jesus was just like us. He had emotions. He wept. He was compassionate. The people who were standing nearby said, See how much he loved him? But some said, here we go, this man healed the blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? There they are, right? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Wow, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell would be terrible. Jesus responded, Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud, for the, out loud for the sake of these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. I'm going to keep it a little long because I don't want to keep the plot of this. The plot to kill Jesus. Now let's just keep going here. Many of the people who were, who, were, who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen. But some went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the leading priests and Pharisees called the high council, Greek, the Sanhedrin, together. What are we going to do, they asked each other. Here it is. This is the Pharisees coming right out of their mouth. This man certainly performs many miraculous signs. If we allow him to go on like this, soon everyone will believe in him. Then the Roman army will come and destroy both our temple, our place, and our nation. Caiaphas, who was the high priest at the time, Greek that year, said, you don't know what you're talking about. God spoke to him. Look at He said, don't you realize that it's better for you? It's better for you that one man should die for the people than the whole nation be destroyed. All right, we're going to stop there. The Pharisees knew that it was Jesus. They said it right there. They knew it was him. They said, well, we can't let him go on because the people are going to start to follow him and believe in him. Listen, you keep coming here, you're going to start to follow him and believe in him because that's all we do is teach about him. Amen? You, can't, you can't help but not. So just keep on keeping on and keep coming. Amen? All right, so we'll pick up with 52. When we get back together again, the girls are going to come up and sing, and we're going to close. Thank you.
Thank you. Brittany, come close us, Brett. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this awesome message that you brought to Pastor John tonight. Thank you for your word, Lord. It is truly amazing and wonderful. As we read the accounts of when you were here, Lord Jesus, we just see everything that you did. Just thank you so much for coming here and for dying for us. Not just that, Lord, but for rising again, Lord. And the fact that we have your power living within us, Lord. Yes, we Lord. just read about Lazarus. You rose him from the dead, Lord Jesus. And that is amazing that you have given us your power. So I pray, Lord, that you would help us to remember that each and every day. I pray, Lord, that we would use the power that you have given us to overcome our flesh and the things yes, that wage war against this new awesome spirit that you've given us yours lord. Yes, lord i pray lord jesus in the holy and precious name that you would please protect the flock lord protect yes, us lord. from the evil one lord jesus and help us to walk in your ways and everything i pray that you would transform our hearts lord that we would always always be with you lord Amen. always thinking your ways and walking in your ways yes, we love lord. you jesus and we thank you for everything in your holy and precious name amen amen yeah. all right thanks brett thanks everybody for coming tonight have a great night until we meet again, God bless. Peace. Peace.